Welcome to the Health Daily Show, your go-to where leaders, founders, and investors share insights on growth, innovation, and business building. I'm Chitra your host. Joining us today is Steve Krause, Bessemer Ventures partner. Steve, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Steve, tell us about Bessemer Venture Partners. What's differentiated about your firm and investing approach? Yeah, so actually one really interesting thing is we are the longest standing venture fund in the world. We started back in 1911. So we have a lot of history of investing in innovative companies and watching them grow. We've had a dedicated healthcare practice for over 40 years, but we also invest in other industries like software as a service, fintech, consumer, crypto. And I think what makes us differentiated is we often bring two partners with two different sets of industry expertise and knowledge and networks to an investment or to a portfolio company. And so a great example that I'm sure we'll talk about today is where healthcare meets AI, we bring our healthcare team that I work with four other colleagues, which are great, but we also have a very deep AI team focused on AI across many different industries. And so we think one plus one equals three for new investments and for portfolio companies that work with Bessemer. So bring that to life for us in terms of how you leverage that to attract the best founders. Yeah, let me give you a really specific example. Everyone's talking about generative AI and how AI, machine learning, computer vision can improve healthcare. My partner, Adam Fisher, who's based in our Israeli office and who focuses broadly on technology, and I, about five years ago, created a seed fund called, we called it the Deep Health Seed Fund, to invest in early, these were very early stage companies using AI, machine learning, computer vision to improve healthcare. And part of the reason we did that is because Adam saw a lot of Israeli based entrepreneurs developing these technologies because they're very deep technical talent over there. And I saw the opportunity here in the US, a bunch of entrepreneurs and, and market need. And so together we combined to work on early stage investments, which many of those companies that we first invested in 2018 are now really mature. And so I think we have one of the deepest portfolios in healthcare AI today. And that's because two partners had this insight that we should be, this is where the puck was going. As Wayne Gretzky said, always skate to where the puck's going. And this is where we thought the puck was going in healthcare. Given your model and your vintage from 1911, you've seen many investing cycles yeah. and you've got perhaps pattern recognition on many investing cycles. Let's talk about what's happening in the VC industry right now. Yep. It's a challenging macroeconomic environment, rece- recessionary inflation, job cuts. Most, if not all VCs, including the big brand funds, have written down big portions of their portfolios, especially investments made over the last three years. Roughly 100 health tech unicorns had their valuations yanked down more than 50% in the past year. And the write-downs are not over. Everybody at this conference is talking about that, or most people at this conference. How and why did we get here? Wow, that, that, that paints a pretty gloomy picture. But yeah, no, the reality is we're definitely in a different time than we were two years ago. What I would say, though, is absolutely the 2019, 20, early 21 was a bubble, Right. And I think there's two types of bubbles, and I think it's really important to distinguish between the two. There's the, the bubble that is the really bad bubble where assets, valuation of assets are inflated, and the assets themselves aren't that great. So let's talk about, think about the dot-com bubble, right? Pets.com, businesses that were based on just eyeballs, people coming to a website, but had no fundamental unit economics on which to base the go-forward entity. That's a bad bubble. I think the bubble we just went through is a bubble where there's a lot of good assets, a lot of great companies. We've seen many of them actually acquired in healthcare that went public and were part of the first cohort of innovation in our sector. 
they were just, a lot of them were just mispriced. And so I think it was a valuation issue, not a fundamental unit economic issue with a lot of the companies. So I'm actually pretty optimistic, but for sure, our sector has gone through an innovation hype cycle and we're now at the trough of that, <laughs> the bottom of that hype cycle, we hope, and we think we're gonna come out of it. And there's many reasons, one of which is AI, but other technologies which will lead us out of this cycle. So I think it's just about an issue of valuation, not that they're fundamentally bad businesses. And on that, what's been the experience at your firm? How has your firm been impacted? Yeah, listen, I think the good news, we've been around for a long time, so we have a stable capital base and we're gonna be investing. We've been investing for a century. We're gonna be investing for another century. But for sure, the pace of new investing, I would say over the past year had slowed down. Actually, I've seen it pick up recently, which is great to see. I think companies were told, almost every single company in America by their venture capitalists and the entrepreneurs who realized it to conserve cash. That happened about two years ago. And between March and September of 2022, Everyone was told, have two years of cash on your balance sheet. If you fast forward and do the math, those companies should be coming back to market in March of 24 and September of 24, and they're already starting to come to market. So we've actually seen new deal activity pick up recently um, at our firm, and that, that's the exciting part because we love in, investing in new technologies and new entrepreneurs. And when it comes to the next horizon in the VC industry, what do you think that looks like and what has to happen for things to change? I think I'll talk about the healthcare industry specifically. I think VC broadly has many different segments, but I focus on healthcare and so do you. What I would say is that if you think about our industry, take a step back, the digital health industry was really formulated around the High Tech Act and PPACA, right, Obamacare. And the High Tech Act incented with $40 billion of government incented providers and health systems to adopt EMRs. And from there came the first generation entrepreneurs who saw lots of opportunity to innovate now that we had a digital system of record in our industry. Those companies only started 10 years ago. A lot of them started to scale, right? And we saw a first cohort go public. And as I said, a lot of people are poo-pooing our industry because public markets are down 60%. But guess what? The public markets are down almost 50% for every industry. So it's not like healthcare is that big of an exception. And what I think we got to realize is that a lot of those first cohort of IPOs, some of them did not work, but a lot of them actually were pretty successful. Oak Street, One Medical, Signify, you can go down the list, Teladoc, lots of great companies that were born who, yes, their stock prices are down, we're now in the trough, but guess what? They've got, lot, they're good assets again. They were just misvalued and they're gonna come out of the trough. And by the way, there's a whole bunch of companies because we've studied it that are behind those that are now scaling to hundreds of millions of dollars that are still private. And so I think when the public markets open back up, when valuations reset, and no doubt they're gonna reset, but the public markets are gonna go up, those companies are gonna come out and be the next cohort of great healthcare tech companies. And I think that's gonna propel our industry forward. When do you think those valuations will reset? They have reset. <laughs> they are at the bottom, I believe. That's why we call it the trough. At peak, some of our industry traded at something like four, call it 10 to 15 times forward revenue multiples. Today, those multiples are around three and a half. We think historically average, they probably should be somewhere around, but depends on what company you're doing and what the gross margins of that company are, but call it somewhere between seven and 10 times revenue. So I think they have reset. They're just dramatically reset. And we think they're going to come back up the trough and more in the slope of enlightenment, we call it in the innovation hype cycle, and they'll be more normalized. But we'll see. We have to get another crop of, of companies out there in the public markets. And for us to do that, the markets have to open up broadly, which they are starting to do. You saw it with some successful tech IPOs, Clavio, Instacart. You start to see tech IPOs getting out there, and I think digital health IPOs will follow. For LPs that still want to come into the, the VC asset class, yeah. especially the healthcare VC asset class, what's your advice? Because it's still taking VCs longer to raise much less capital. What's your advice to LPs wanting to come into this asset class? I'd say, listen, LPs are just like we are, they're asset allocators, right? Because they have the ability to invest in lots of different private, public, real estate, lots of options for them. But I think 
if you look historically over the most successful LPs, endowments like uh, Harvard or Yale, what have you, they're pretty heavy in alternative assets, right? And I'd say two things about the healthcare asset class. One, healthcare as a broad sector, not just innovative, the companies we invest in, the growth companies, but all companies, has outpaced the overall market performance, the S&P, by 2x. So healthcare has been an amazing sector for asset creation for public market investors. And then say, secondly, frankly, our, our friends at Correlation Ventures, they study a lot of the venture-backed returns. And frankly, the healthcare growth venture sector is, has the best return, second only to software as a service, and it's very close. And so actually, venture stage and growth stage healthcare private investing has been very successful. If you look at it as a whole basket across all the funds, all the investments, it's been the second most successful sector of investment for venture capitalists history. So I think that's the reason to get involved. Let's talk about the founders. We're here at the health conference. Many founders would love to have Bessemer as an investor. Take us into your pattern recognition over the many years you've been doing this. Your pattern recognition, your algorithm, what are the metrics, attributes, and founders and companies that motivate you to say, yep, we're going to get behind that and write that check? Yeah, it's a tough question because every entrepreneur, every company is, I call them a snowflake. They're different, right? And so you have to really understand their modus operandi, what's their reason for being, what market are they going after? You know that. But I think if I think there's one consistent strain across the entrepreneurs that I like to invest in, it's we're in healthcare for a reason. We all want to make a difference. We want to do well and do good. And I think what I focus on first is that making a difference, right? I really am drawn to entrepreneurs who focus on outcomes, how to drive down costs, improve uh, outcomes, uh, clinical, and who really have, whether or not they actually at an early stage, they might not have demonstrated that, but they have a real roadmap, a real plan for how they're going to do that, how they're going to produce that data, how they're going to drive down costs, how they're going to improve patient outcomes. I think that's probably the most consistent strain I have across all the entrepreneurs that I work with. And it's really important because at the end of the day, I always say outcomes set you free in healthcare. And if you're able to drive outcomes for your customers, you're going to be able to find a business model that is profitable for you as a business person. And so that's why I focus on outcomes first. Let's face it, though, Steve, we are surrounded, inundated, overwhelmed by so many different health tech companies, a lot of shiny objects. Over the next five years, where is there real money to be made in healthcare? We're Bessemer broadly as a fund across all industries has made a billion dollar commitment to AI. We're not the only ones. A lot of our peers are talking about it. But I actually really believe healthcare is one of the most attractive industries for the application of these types of advanced technologies. And why is that? Still today, 70%, 70% of medical communications are done via fax. I don't know when the last time you've used a fax. I haven't used one in a long time, but it's still used in healthcare. 30% of all data in the world is healthcare data. So these technologies that are generative in nature and can automate very laborious, inefficient, manual processes, that's what they do. They just make work automated. Healthcare is ripe for this. And that's why I think it's probably the best sector to apply these types of technologies. And we're super excited as a firm to invest in those companies. We already have, as I said, over the last five years, but there's so many new opportunities. It's, it's really exciting. I think that's going to get us up the slope of enlightenment because at the end of the day, if you drive down costs and improve outcomes in healthcare, as I said, you will make money. And I think AI is going to really empower us to do that. Leadership. In career business, there are rules, codes, norms to how things are done. Steve, where have you been a code breaker in career or business and how did you do it? I don't know if I'm a code breaker, but I think it's if one thing that I think people would say would make me different is I work really hard. A lot of people work really hard, but I also like to have a lot of fun and bring levity to the people I work with. So I try to 
I think we all work super hard. And if you're not having fun at your job and you're not making, you're not laughing, you're not enjoying the moments, you're not celebrating the successes, I think you're missing something. And so I, my entrepreneurs, I think my fellow investors would say that I'm someone who takes this industry really serious and my work really serious, but I also bring a lot of fun to it. And that's what I try to do in my daily interactions with folks. Steve, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was great.